0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Phineas Club. This is episode 116. We're in uh, October 2018 and we have a long conversation with Tony, our very good conservative friend, and we also talk about France and the crazy things that have been happening there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we talk to people who have different opinions than ours, sometimes, hopefully. And we discuss things uh, in a rational, calm, and constructive manner. Or at the very least, we try to listen to what they have to say without screaming either at them or being screamed at by them. And uh, hopefully, by the end of it, we end up having uh, gained something, all of us. Hopefully. Uh, My name is Patrick Beja, and today it's a duo show. And uh, I think we're going to have a a very interesting conversation because, of course, the United States of America are always at the center of uh, many people's discussions in this day and age. And uh, we have Tony, who is back, uh, representing, holding the flag for, I want to say, reasonable Republicans. I don't know if you, if you, uh, conservatives, maybe if you want to define yourself as reasonable, Tony, uh, you can let us know <laughs> yourself.
1: I don't know if I'd go that far, Patrick, but I try.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the, the really important thing we know we want to talk about today is your newfound love for guitar. Um, and <laughs> how you have, uh, two guitars now, right?
1: I, I do. I, I picked it up at the, uh, uh Young age of thirty eight last February, I bought us bought myself a cheap acoustic off of Amazon, and really fell in love with guitar. So uh, my wife bought me a, a nice Gretsch electric guitar a couple months ago, and I've already got other ones on my radar. I, I understand finally why guitarists have multiple guitars, <laughs> and they're always looking at the next one.
0: Well, I'm sure uh, you know that will help showing that you are indeed a conservative and a human being to all of our uh, liberal, crazy listeners. (laughs) Um, So we're trying basically to humanize you. You have a wife, you have children. You're not a a monster who wants to eat, I don't know, children. No, maybe not, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, maybe Definitely not. Sure. not. That no, no, no. That's the opposite of what you want. Um so uh, just a quick note before we we start I I'll, I'll also talk about things that have been happening in in uh, France and that is you know that have been very surprising and at the same time not that surprising but uh, there's a major political figure that has essentially destroyed themselves or not destroyed themselves that's a bit strong but uh damaged themselves very badly uh in a way that is, I don't really even know how to describe it, but I think it's interesting. So we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later. And I did want to mention the fact that um, I'm sure a lot of you were looking forward to uh, having us talk about the things happening in connection with uh, Saudi Arabia and maybe hearing what Turkey had to say. But um, I thought about it a lot. And there's I, I didn't want to put him in an awkward situation. I didn't want to have, a, a, you know, a, a discussion that would be complicated. And so I elected not to ask him to come on the show. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, it's a discussion that I think would have been interesting, but we will have to save for another day. So I'll leave it uh, to that. And yeah, I, I, as I said, I thought about it quite a bit and decided I would not ask him to be on the show. Um, All right. You know what? Last episode. Well, not last episode, because last episode was about Switzerland and uh, it was super interesting. And I urge you to go and listen to it. But the one before we talked, we talked about uh, Judge Kavanaugh and his nomination to the Supreme Court of the U.S., and it, there was a little bit. There were a few mistakes uh, in the description, most notably uh, about the fact that he was the first nominee from President Trump, which he wasn't. He was a second, so that explains a lot of things. Um, and and we discussed this in the comments and on Twitter on many places. But I don't think it changed uh, the core of our discussion with Allison um, about why. You know, liberals were very anti his nomination uh, as it relates to the uh, accusations of rape. And uh, Republicans were supporting him very uh, vehemently as well. And I thought, you know, as you were talking about before we started the show, Tony, you were telling me, well, it's not really in the news anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of done. And now the election is is coming up. Um, but I thought it could be interesting to have your... You know opinion your your voice on this very quickly at the beginning of the show um because for many people it's kind of difficult to understand how you would even support the nomination of of uh Kavanaugh. so I'm basically throwing into you uh tony how do you would you describe that situation from your side of the incredibly uh, uh incredibly Damaging divide in the U.S. between two sides now. Uh, so, how would you describe that that situation, Tony? That
1: that's a very uh, open ended <laughs> question. There's a there's a lot of nuance uh, to the the Kavanaugh uh, nomination, and I guess the best way for me to go about it is uh, if you've got if we've got a few minutes, is to start at the beginning because. Um, I'll start with the nomination itself. Uh, First and foremost, I was more in favor of a different nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I felt like she was more conservative than Kavanaugh. I think Kavanaugh is definitely a constitutionalist. He's going to to rule based upon the Constitution, the way it was written and how it was intended. And that is kind of the, the crux of what conservatives are looking for from a Supreme Court justice. They want the justice to rule based upon the constitution, because that's the role of the Supreme court to look at the constitution and see whether the, the law uh, fits that. So uh, I would have put Kavanaugh probably as my second nominee. And uh, I think, so I'll just get, I'll dive right in uh, to the uh, alleged uh, sexual assault claims. Um, at at the very beginning, and I'm probably going to go from level headed Republican to crazy Republican in some people's <laughs> eyes as I go through this conversation, because at the very beginning, I wanted I tended to believe the, the accusations. Or let, let's be honest with myself now for a moment. I wanted to think that I believed the accusations. And I I don't want to say I wanted to believe them like I thought he did it. But I didn't want to discount her claim, you know, because there's no way for me to know whether he did it or whether he didn't do it. But I, just out of my, my personal belief system, I didn't want to say, well, she's lying because she's going against my guy. You know, I, I, I right, try not right. to do that. But as time went on, as more information came out and, of course, take this with the grain of salt that it deserves to be taken with. A lot of the information that a lot of us get these days is from Twitter, and you really have to verify that that information, and sometimes it's impossible to verify. But it did seem like uh, news sources were saying they were poking holes in the claim, uh, especially as it got farther and farther in. You know, some of the claim—well, first of all, all of the people that she listed as— corroborating witnesses couldn't corroborate. Um, and some of the things that she said seemed to have falsities to it. Now, does that mean that her original claim was false? No. But my thought process on, do we punish a person based on a claim that you have no proof, no corroboration, no anything for, that just doesn't seem right to me. And you know, um, I think...
0: Uh, you, on that line of thought, I, as much as I... You know, the common line is, I believe women. And I think that's a very strong and important statement. And it's kind of a, a super h- rock and hard place to be uh, when you say, yeah, I believe women, but... <laughs> but, <laughs> in this case, um, it, it feels like... <sighs> It. It. I'm gonna make so many people angry. Um, <laughs> it feels like, it, in the same way that uh, this judge should be held to a like impeccable standard. There's one or two women who come out and say these things. If there's very very little corroborating evidence, I understand the sentiment that, well. Do we stop everything when there's the, 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 the evidence is so light? I don't want to say flimsy, but it is a little bit light. It's essentially she said it. Um, and I don't know. I don't have an answer there. It's, it's kind no, of, yeah.
1: There, there really isn't. I mean, if you, if you take one person saying one thing and another person saying another thing, how do you make a decision on that? Do you make a decision based upon their emotional appeal, which is kind of what some people were going off of in their their testimonies? That That's tough because some people are better communicators than others. I mean, I know people that I could outright straight lie and do a better job of coming across as more truthful because I'm a pretty good communicator. You know, that's just the way it is. Um Let me ask you another
0: question. Um, When you're saying some of the things she was saying didn't add up, or uh, there's a lot of uh, things that have been said about the the people who are surviving these kinds of trauma, not remembering details around it, because your mind does shut down to try and protect yourself from the trauma, but also remembering very clearly that the actual thing happened. Um, This is, uh, just so, so I understand, that's not what you're talking about. It's not like the details that she misremembered. Maybe she did, but whether or not she did, it ended up there wasn't any additional corroborating evidence or any evidence that he was, again, in your view in the way you looked at this, it's not just, well, there are some things she misremembered. It's just that if you take everything about the whole story, there wasn't anything other than her word. Am I correct in understanding, in understanding that, this?
1: That's correct. I'm not, poking holes in the fact that she didn't remember. I mean, it is tough when—so I'm not criticizing her for not remembering all the details about the incident, but at the same time, how do you take an incident that you can't get all the details for you? You can't get a place, a time, uh, you know, who was there— how do you corroborate that? And that's what you really have to do. You've got to corroborate these things. Otherwise, what are you going to do with it? But what I was actually referring to when I said about things not adding up, and again, this is where it gets back to, is it true? Is it not true? Where's the where's the proof? Were things like she said that or it was claimed that she this came about because she was speaking with a, a psychologist or with her husband? or maybe it was a psychiatrist. I get the two confused from time to time. And, but then it came out that the reason that they said they were speaking to the psychiatrist, like they had happened two years or a certain number of years prior. And I don't know if you're familiar with this part of the story or not, Patrick, I, I can get into it.
0: I no, I'm not. So if you can explain very quickly.
1: Yeah. So apparently this, uh, She talked about the experience that she had when she was having uh, counseling with her husband. The reason they were having counseling with her husband was because they were fighting because they were trying to do some sort of remodeling in their home because she wanted an extra door. And this sounds so weird that I even hesitate to bring it up because I I can't verify it. But it's something that was going around. Multiple sources were saying this. So, but when they when the when they looked back at the records of their home renovation because they lived in California and they got to get a permit for everything, the home renovation where, where they put the door in, which would have been the fight, which would have caused the counseling, happened years prior to the counseling. Now that
0: that okay, that's a bit weird. With, that seems a little bit is, nitpicky, but. <laughs>
1: It, it is, but when you start adding these things up, and I don't want to get – well, I will, you know, the flying thing. She didn't want to come because she – and the flying thing to me honestly gets a little more to the Democrats and not necessarily her. I don't want to pick on her because especially at the beginning, like I said, I, I didn't necessarily think that something didn't happen to her. I just didn't know that it. he was responsible, you know? but as time went by there were so many things that were adding up like like the flying thing she didn't want to come and testify because she was afraid of flying but she flew everywhere she flew for vacation she flew for work she flew for family visits mm. that that and and yes people said well you can still be afraid to fly if you fly okay but wouldn't you consider this an important enough reason to fly just like a vacation uh, um and <laughs> Things yeah. like that. All these things together, when you start building this house, it doesn't seem to have a good foundation. Right. And but to me, a lot of it, and this is probably where I come across as the crazy Republican conspiracy theorist. But I think we can all agree that the Democrats played this politically. They didn't just put it out there when they got it. They they used it as a tool uh, to try to delay, at least at the very least, delay the vote. Do you are are you on board with that statement?
0: Um, I would say it doesn't, it's a shame that this has a a value of invalidation to the incident. If it does, you know, the fact that it's played politically or not should almost not matter, but I, I understand that yes, possibly it was played politically, yeah,
1: okay. Though so I'm definitely more uh, <laughs> certain that it was played politically, because they had it for months before they said anything. Um, well, and- because she did,
0: I mean, just to, to address this part of the issue, I can see how uh, she doesn't want to go through the whole circus and essentially have her, her life, you know, if not ruined, possibly ruined, but at least transformed for the rest of her life, she doesn't want to do it until it's certain that the guy is, has reasonable chances of being nominated, right? Uh, you have to agree that this also plays a role into it. I, I...
1: I, No? So you're saying that her reason for doing it was to stop his nomination, not for her own... And, and I know that you can't say that, but in that no, 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 circumstance... No, no, The way
0: I will say it is, I think if she sees that this person... Uh, That she knows, you know, from her point of view, she knows he's a bad person. She sees that, you know, he's rising in the judicial system and it bothers her. But at some point, he's going to become the highest judicial authority in the country. At that point, she's like, you know, I have to do something. I have to say something because it's at this point, it's too important. I think this is a reasonable way of looking at things, don't you? Sure, I'll accept that. Okay. Yes.
1: Um. But, yeah, so, again, I don't – the last thing I want to do is vilify her because I don't know enough about her. I don't know her experience. I don't know anything to know whether or not something did happen to her. But my the, – the hill that I'm going to fight on is you can't ruin somebody's life based off of something – off of an accusation. That has no corroboration. I'm, I'm a believe and verify person, and I am aware that you can't always verify, but if you can't verify, then can you really punish?
0: Right. I think th- I understand that that sentiment, and I think it's made incredibly complicated by the fact that you have to—and I understand we're two white men talking about this, so— Yes, I I know that is you know ironic, but the 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 fact that um, it's important to believe women is important, and I understand that, and I I think it's a, a, a key part of the story, but it's not the only part. I I tend to agree with you that. If, after this whole circus, I mean there was what another person who said he shoved his penis in her face, um, mm-hmm. I believe that was another accusation, but ultimately, I think everyone who looked at who looks at this objectively will have to agree that doubt remains, and not in the sense that, well, you know we never like I think there's no doubt for example that Trump had sex with prostitutes. Would you agree with that? Because we know the character, sure. we know the guy. I think it's fairly obvious, you know, it's fairly uh, reasonable to assume that, yes, in that case, he had sex with prostitutes. Does that disqualify him from being the president? You know, every, everyone can make their own decision in that. You know, there are many things that would... But even though it's not proven in the case of Trump, I think it's reasonable to assume, right? Um, in the case of Kavanaugh... I don't think you can make a similarly um reasonable decision on whether or not it happened. And I understand where you're coming from. And I personally I don't have a, a, a dog in this fight really. I'm from France and from, you know, Europe and it won't affect me what he decides. But so I but still I don't really like his politics and the 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 way he is likely going to rule but i i can't i see where you're coming from and where i would go i would go a little bit farther uh uh in up in time uh you know in in further down the path of whatever um and i would say last time i said you know for these kinds of things we need more than a simple majority. You have to get people in the room and force them to find someone that, you know, whatever, 60%, two-thirds of the House of or whatever agrees on. But if I'm not mistaken, maybe, maybe you know this, if I'm not mistaken, someone told me um, it's actually the Democrats that changed the rule for this for the last nomination um, because it used to be, you know, 60% or two-thirds majority, and they changed it to a simple majority. Is that correct? Do you know?
1: Somewhat. So um, I'm going to give Democrats a little bit of ammunition here, because there there are two sides to this story. The The Democrats did drop the supermajority uh, requirement for presidential nominees, because they wanted – because Republicans were blocking a lot of the nominees that Barack mm. Obama was uh, trying to put in because they couldn't get a supermajority. However, if you ask a Democrat, they will say, well, they, they dropped it for presidential nominees except for the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. um, which you know, would they have – if they had an opportunity to put a Supreme Court justice in without a supermajority, would they have? You bet they would have. But they didn't have that opportunity, so um, so now they're saying, "Well, yeah, we we made it so it was only a majority for those nominees, but not Supreme Court." And you Republicans are the ones that are making it for the Supreme Court. So, right? Yes and no. <laughs> I think the intent was for them to push through their nominations. Certainly, the intent wasn't for Republicans to be able to push through nominations w- without a. Su- uh, supermajority, but I don't think they were looking ahead to the fact that Republicans probably would get that opportunity.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, ultimately, I don't think everyone's going to agree on all of this. Um, but I will say that w- looking at it from afar, I come back. I keep coming back to the, to the statement I made last time, which is, it seems asinine that a simple majority is enough for these nominations that are lifetime nominations. And I understand that, that the current state of the U.S. political system and landscape means that you would never get anyone nominated. But I would go as far as to say that that's not a reason. Um, then it would create the constitutional or the government, you know, the, the judicial crisis that is needed maybe to get things moving. Um, but you know, I'm I'm looking at this from the outside. I think it's it's so damaging that this opposition is so binary that, and this is a consequence of that. Um, ultimately, if there had if they had needed as a, a, you know more than simple, simple majority, he would not have been elected with this uh, scandal behind him. And that's the way I think it should work. But given the fact uh, it's a simple majority,
1: yeah. I want to make one clarification on what you just said, uh, Patrick, and that's – you said with the with the requirement for a supermajority, he would not have been elected or nominated with this scandal behind him. You can take that part of the statement out of it completely. With the requirement of a supermajority, even if he was spotless, there were no accusations. He would not have been nominated because uh, the left was so afraid, and I think this the, the likelihood of this happening is – Virtually nil. They're so afraid that he's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. He's not. He's not that guy. And in my experience with his rulings, he's not that guy. But that was what I'm not going to say that the uh, the accusations had nothing to do with it. But without those accusations, it would have been nearly as bad. They would have found other things because Gorsuch he had a lot of opposition to him too, and it was pretty. It was Pretty vitriolic, mm. and they didn't get a supermajority I mean. for Gorsuch either.
0: So but that's what it, I mean. And in this, oh sorry, finish finish up, Tony.
1: Uh, that's okay. Go ahead. I was I was just going to ramble,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, this goes to. Both parties in this, I, I really hate the idea that, oh, they're both the same and they both do the same things and the same bad things. I don't think that's the case. And and you know that. I think the, the, the Republicans are a little bit more ruthless than the Democrats. And I'm sure you think the same about, you know, the Democrats compared to the Republicans. But the, obviously the Republicans delayed the nominations of the uh, Democrat, Democrat nominee, the Democratic Party nominee uh, last time, which was... Outrageous. I really think that was horrible, a horrible thing to do. But if you needed a super majority, I agree with you, they would not be nominated. But I think it would, it's one of the ways to force people to come back to the middle. The problem is everyone is running away to the extremes, and you're getting into the situation where. No one can even hear what the other side is saying because you have these situations where, well, if we have a majority, we take everything. And the majority is composed entirely of one party. And that's the other issue with the two-party system I've been railing about uh, uh, on this show. This is a toxic toxic system. You shouldn't have a two-party system. You need more. You need co- to learn, as children do, to compromise and to, uh, you know, give a little bit and take a little bit and all of this. And this doesn't happen with these systems in place. So I think beyond the fact that I agree with you, Tony, it wouldn't happen if they're if if a super was needed, um, I think it would be needed so that it down the line you would get to a landscape where it still would happen, and I don't know if it would, but I think that's the path. Now I don't see a path. I don't see how you know it's just going to be opposition forever. But
1: I, I you know that's a pessimistic view, and I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, as far as the two party system, I can totally get on board with the need for a more than two-party system. However, I feel like at this point we would have to tear it all down and rebuild to have more than a two-party system. I mean, it would have to be a start-from-scratch situation. I just don't think that you know, that's going to happen.
0: I, I don't even think so. I think what's needed in that case is just to have two turns in the election. You have... Currently, you vote once and that's it. You have to make your final choice in the first, term, uh, first turn of the election. And so you can't think, well, I would really like someone like this to to get more visibility, so I'm going to vote like this. And the second turn, when we only have two people left, then I'll make the important choice. I think if you change the the system to have uh, two turns, then you have smaller candidates that can voice their opinion and be heard in the first turn. And then the second turn, you get Usually the two big parties anyway. But you you hear, hear the voices. And in your case, I think, Tony, you would have a, uh, you know, a, a, a Christian conservative candidate that could be presented. And that could have, arguably, you know, the Republican Party has uh, uh, moved over to uh, more Christian values. But you would have uh, someone that is actually, uh, I don't think it's fair to say Trump represents Christian values, right? <laughs> Trump
1: represents Christian policies, not Christian values. Right, right.
0: So I think you'd much rather have someone who represents your values and not just uh, uh, the policies. Um, yes, right. And and I mean, you would you could have anyway. That's that's a whole other conversations. But just by virtue of having two turns. You would hear those multiple voices, and then you would still have the result of usually you get the first two from the first turn to duke it out in the second turn, and then you usually get that, um, you know, big battle between the two. But the first turn gives voice to alternatives, and that's that mellows uh people's opinions and policies, and that's what's needed to help people see a little bit more eye to eye because maybe they're going to say, oh, well, you know, I agree with this from this guy and that from that guy. And yes, unfortunately, I don't have the ideal person, but in the end, I'm going to go vote for that. The end result is almost the same mechanically, but on opinions, it changes things. So I don't think you would need to redo everything from scratch.
1: So so we do have the primaries, and you do see different viewpoints in the primaries, as we've discussed multiple times. Right, I didn't right. support Trump in the primaries. Um, however, it at least in the last few years, it seems like the primaries are won by the most extreme candidates, uh, because that's that seems to be how it goes. The extreme candidates win the primaries because they do the extreme rhetoric to win the primary— and then in the general, they, they tone it back to try to get the other side, the moderates, the the yeah. undecideds.
0: And that's usually so. how it works. But the problem with the primaries is that there's still primaries within the two parties. So there's yes. still this institutional uh, uh, line that, that they they more or less have to toe. And, and the banner of the party is important as well in this case. Um, so the primaries still happen. Even in, in France, we kind of had primaries recently to determine uh the leader of the parties but you have like primaries or you know you could have primaries for five different parties and then you still have the two-turn elections um so the two aren't you know exclusive uh, Did,
1: did you know patrick that california actually does things a little differently for their for their elections and that the top two vote getters in the primaries are the ones that go to the general regardless of party. So there are some places in California that don't even see Republicans in the general election. This isn't for presidential election. This is for state elections.
0: Right. Yeah, I had heard about this. Uh, But again, I agree. But again, this is within the two parties. You still have a two party Mm -hmm. system. And those two turn elections would... Uh, would, would shake that up. So, But, of course, the two parties are in control and they're no, never going to allow this because it would give them, you know, it would reduce their, their influence and their power. So, anyway, so that was our discussion on what happened last time. Um, let's still talk about the U.S. for a little bit. Um, how are you viewing the elections? Uh, or, you know, maybe you want to talk about something else. I don't know. What's happening in the U.S. right now? I'm guessing elections, but... Well,
1: yeah, you, you brought it up. So I think uh, my side, in case anyone wasn't aware, I am a Republican. Um, <laughs> I think the Republicans are actually going to end up doing pretty well and keep the Senate. I think it's it's looking pretty good for Republicans at the moment, as far as the Senate goes. We might still lose the House. Uh, I don't think we're we're certainly not going to pick up any seats in the House, but I think the Senate is actually looking pretty
0: good. So what happens if you lose the House. Uh, I, I guess, is it a lame duck Congress? Is that how it's uh, called? Um, I think so. But I mean, yeah, so the House I, would
1: be... Well, would... that's usually associated with a president. But um, so the House, depending on the situation, of course, you know, if there is another judicial nomination, the House doesn't really isn't involved with that. It's It's the Senate and the president that takes care of that. Um but, as far as legislation, it goes through the House first, so we would very likely see little in the way of uh, conservative policies come come out of the last two years of this uh, presidential term. Mm-hmm.
0: How would you feel about this? I think it's my impression is that when it happened with the last uh, turn of uh, Obama the the House in the you know the last two years blocked everything. Um, I think because it was conservative, right? Am I mistaken there? I think
1: so. The last couple of years of Obama, uh, we had both the House and the Senate, and right. and that was uh, we certainly uh, we they certainly attempted to block everything. Now, I would like to see not just you know it's easy for me to say I'd like to see them work together more when it looks like the House is going to flip Democrat, <laughs> but even I, I would unlike you Patrick I would like to see people come back to the middle I think that there are places that we can meet and ha- and have the same ideas the problem is we'll we'll have a bill that's made that is 90% everyone's on board but then the power, party in power throws in 10% of stuff that they know the other side isn't going to want and trying to push it through and I just would rather see them separate those bills and provide them as different opportunities, not just one super bill.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's done like that. I'm guessing it's because they try to push the things they want to get when they have the majority, um, but yes, when they don't... That,
1: that's my, my take as well, yes.
0: <laughs> mm. um, okay, so how are you seeing the next couple of years if the Democrats get the the House um is it like okay we got what we could during the first two years and now whatever everything's going to be blocked and it's business as usual because the political system is effed up or (laughs) i don't know
1: (laughs) i think there's going to be some of that you know at at the beginning of trump's term uh, i was worried that if the democrats took over especially the senate and the house that he would just Flip to their side and start doing things their way. Um, now, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Not so much because I think that he's just this stand-up conservative guy that's going to stick to his guns. I don't think the Democrats would be willing to work with him, even if they would, even if, if he would come to their side on some issues. Mm. Uh, they've been so much, so much hatred, and it, it's just gotten so ugly that there's no way that some of these high-ranking Democrats are going to go and say, okay, let's work with Trump because now we can push the things that we want. They spent the last two years, plus his pride is going to get into it. They spent the last two years talking about how evil he is. I just don't see it. If they'd have played it more moderate from the beginning, worked with him on some minor things, you know, kind of buttered him up from time to time, I would be more worried now that he would go over and start pushing Democratic policies, but... And, of course, when I say Democratic, we all know I mean the the party, not democracy. Right, right, of course, of course. Um, Just as when you say
0: Republican, we know you mean the party and not the Republic uh, institution.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) So I don't think that he will be crossing the line too much. I mean, I I think he's willing and he's shown his willingness to give, you know, kind of some give and take, some bargaining there with the other side. But I don't think he's going to wholesale switch to their line of thinking, which was a concern of mine at first. Mm. Um, I think the last two years is going to be campaigning for the
0: next presidential election, honestly. And and you think he's going to run again? Uh, uh, I was
1: just getting ready to say absolutely, Patrick. (laughs) You know, there is that chance that... And, and I thought this in the past, too, that he's going to be like, I did it. I was president. Now someone else's problem. But I, yeah, I think he's going to run again. The way he mm. gets out there and campaigns and does his rallies, I think that he's probably going to run again. Yes.
0: So let me ask you two questions, not because I want to uh, be annoying, but because I genuinely <laughs> wonder about this. Um, you described the relationship the Democrats have with Trump and it being, you know, full of hatred and and extremes. Um, I personally think Trump is as a person worse than Obama, but I feel like there was a lot of that kind of uh, demonization and mischaracterization, characterization. I, for me, it's more warranted I'm choosing my words more warranted for Trump than it was for obama i think obama is more of a decent human than trump but what do you think because there was certainly a lot of you know demonization of of obama and like you know don't touch my medicare money obama you're the spawn of satan and you weren't even (laughs) born in the country um how do you feel you know that that parallel like the democrats are demonizing trump or as you said you know uh uh I can't remember what you said, but to that effect, um, sure, yeah.
1: So, I, the lens of a a conservative Republican guy, I think that the demonization of Trump is worse than the demonization of of Obama. Now, uh, that's not to say that it didn't exist. There was certainly um, demonization, since that's the word we're using, of Obama.
0: Um, i'm sorry i'm, I'm hearing some uh, uh on the audience side some tables being flipped right now so i yeah keep going it was just a bit distracting
1: <laughs> well I, I mean i don't remember and i honestly i didn't pay as much attention so i i want to preface what i'm saying with that uh for the first few years of obama's uh term in office i was uh Younger and more interested in video games than anything else in the world. So, but I don't remember Obama being referred to as a Nazi. Um, But don't you think there's cause
0: for for those characterization of Trump? That's... No. no, You don't think so? No.
1: No. And I I think that anyone that would ever compare uh Donald Trump to Hitler is ridiculous. That's absolutely one hundred percent ridiculous. Mean,
0: I, I but comparing Donald Trump to Hitler I think is the kind of fringe ridiculousness that yes, I agree. But maybe not saying he's a Nazi, but saying he enables Nazis, don't you think is a little bit more reasonable?
1: I yeah, so Nazi. Okay, so when I still white when I think of Nazis, I, okay, so there is a distinction there, mm-hmm. um, and it's funny really how discussing
0: things and trying to put the right terms on things, we you know we went from he is Hitler to maybe he is enabling some white supremacists. You know, we we're coming back to rational uh, discussion that actually makes sense in the facts, sure. just by virtue and- of discussing things.
1: And that's why I like talking to you, (laughs) Um, because I, you know, where I'm from, just a little bit of background. There's not a lot of people that disagree with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the nature of being where I am in the country. Um, But I think there are two different aspects of the enabling white supremacy conversation. There's is he purposefully enabling white supremacy? Is he going out there and the term dog whistling? I don't. I, I can't say that he's doing that. I can't say that he's not doing that. But I don't think he's blatantly because I don't like the term dog whistling. If you can't tell for sure what it is without being on the inside, then maybe it's not a thing. But do the mm, white supremacists? Agree, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> yeah. You can have your opinion. I can have my opinion. Sure, 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 sure. The yeah. white supremacists are certainly. I, I think from their point of view, they they probably do feel that he's enabling them. Does that make sense? Like, they yeah, see sure. what he says, and they see, yeah, he's on our side. I see what he says, and I don't see him saying white power, white supremacy. You know, that that's not what I see yeah. out of him.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's more subtle than that, but fair enough. I, I'm asking for your opinion, so I, I won't, you know, uh, uh, annoy you because you're giving it. But co- coming back to the thing with Obama, so you think— He's being treated, maybe that's a better way of thinking about it. you think he's being treated more unfairly than Obama was? Or that's what I get now, from what you were saying. You're saying a different thing than you
1: said before. Now that's you're true. saying he's being treated unfairly. And one question you did, wanna, you did ask that I want to make hmm. sure that I answer is, do I feel that uh, Obama it was a worse, is, he's still around, is a worse person than Trump? No, I don't. I feel that Trump is undoubtedly, uh, as far as my morals, my ethics, my beliefs, Obama, you know, has a wife, his kids. He's he's as far as and I can tell, I've heard nothing to the contrary, been faithful to his wife. Um, Trump has not. That's that's a big deal for me. So as mm-hmm. as, a, as a person, I feel that Obama is probably a better person than Trump. Yeah, <laughs> but. I Obama's policies I didn't agree with, and I do agree with Trump's policies.
0: Yeah, that's a tough choice, though, because it's easy to look at it from here and say, oh, how can you you know, support that person who is uh, uh, betraying your, your moral stances? And, and certainly the question of, you know, not to be too dramatic, but like the selling your soul to someone to having something else. Like it feels like this would fit that description. But at the same time, those policies he is on the side of the policies that you think are very important. I think I often refer to the uh, the question of uh, uh, being pro-life or pro-choice. And mm-hmm. that is something that is very important to you. Like, it's for you, it's literally a matter of life and death, right? And, yes. Yeah. So saying, well, I'm a worse human being than others, but I will go in the direction that, according to you, will preserve life, you're like... <sighs> like for people if you put the question on pro-life or pro-choice then it becomes polarized but if you say there's someone that is saving people from being shot in the head and i don't like them as a person but they're literally saving people from being shot in the head like in the current world today now and maybe that's also super uh, uh, oversimplifying it but do you say, no, I don't want to vote for him because he cheated on his wife and he's a despicable person, but he's saying I'm, I'm going to prevent shooting in the head of people? I, I don't know. Right. But, it, yeah.
1: W- one thing that you probably I'm going to make a point of is with, with my Christian beliefs, you know, a lot of people, whether they're Christians or not, they put the emphasis on the, the love, everybody, love your neighbor, love, 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 love. Um, another part I think of that's what that,
0: Jesus was saying, but sure,
1: it, he, he was. Um, but the other part of that was, um, forgive A- and you know, if someone asks for repentance or asks for forgiveness, you forgive them. So, that is an aspect that we're, you know, justifying, rationalizing with Trump is he says that he's changed his ways. Has he? I don't know. But I I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'd like to give anybody the benefit of the doubt. If they say that they have changed and want forgiveness for what they've done that was wrong, God will do that. God will forgive them and I'm supposed to forgive them as well. That that's a part that a lot of people don't push on as much um, mm-hmm. because they, they just want the love part. They don't want the well maybe I did something wrong and need to ask for forgiveness. And then they're forgiven. So <laughs> That's yeah,
0: part of it I, as well. I, I understand where you're coming from. It does feel incredibly convenient in the case of yes. Trump because it feels very convenient to believe that he's actually asking for forgiveness and to believe that he has changed his ways. He seems mentally unstable <laughs> or very clever in the way he communicates. But anyway, that's my bias showing. But I mean, I it seems even you agree that it's kind of convenient to... You know, give him the benefit of the doubt here. But
1: I do. I I do agree that it looks that way and it it is that way. And there are certainly, and I'm not saying that that's, you hit the nail on the head on why I'm a supporter. It's the policies, uh, not necessarily the person. Um, And when you look back at other presidents we've had, we've had people that weren't the greatest people uh, and on both sides of the aisle. So, you know, that's mm. just
0: how it is. All right. Um, I do want to ask you, I said I had two questions. Uh, I do want to mention the uh, uh, um, Roe versus Wade, which he did mention as well, uh, because to me, the way I, I understand it, with very little understanding, is that, again, as you said, uh, Kavanaugh is more likely to... Uh, Invalidate Roe versus Wade. For people who don't know, it's essentially a Supreme Court decision that means uh, abortion is legal in the US, right? Depending on the state, and but maybe not even depending on the state.
1: It Le- doesn't depend on the state. It's federal.
0: Right. Federally, abortion is legal in the US. Um, so you are a, a uh, anti-abortion person. You think abortion, sorry to put it that bluntly, I don't think it's blunt, it's just the words, but you think abortion is equivalent to murder, correct?
1: Yes, and you can put it that bluntly all day long. That's that's exactly how I believe.
0: (laughs) Um, So you would hope that he would. Well, you were saying he's a constitutionalist, and he wouldn't invalidate Roe versus Wade. But that is what you would like the Supreme Court to do.
1: I would. Yes, I don't think Mm. he's going to, and it's not necessarily because I don't think I think the Constitution favors. Roe v. Wade, I think that he has not shown an inclination toward overturning roe v. Wade. Sometimes he gets into the and I forget the exact term, but um precedent sets the law, whereas that's not really ever been the case. so you know since roe v. Wade is the is the the current judgment, the current ruling, um, it's less likely to be overturned uh right, now. Right. If it did get overturned at the federal level, all that would do was send it down to the state level. So the states that were for pro-choice could still have their um, – it would still be there, and the right. states that were more likely to be against it, it might go away. So it really it, – it changes it from an over- and and I'm more of a – local state government guy anyway so it changes it from an overarching rule to the states decide and okay. and that's that would be my preference either, either way
0: um so i don't want to get down a super long rabbit hole for this uh so just touching on it and if <laughs> we spend too much time i'll I'll move on but if it did get overturned i'm genuinely curious again um would you be in favor of uh, contraception? Or do you also think abstinence is the proper way of uh, not having babies if you don't want them?
1: Well, I think that's probably the best way of not having babies if you don't want them. Right. <laughs> um, it's the most sure way. Now, as far as contraception, I hear this a lot. Are we talking about all forms? Like, are we talking about condoms are we talking about the pill are we talking about all of these
0: um i would say at the very minimum the pill and condoms mostly because the pill puts the uh, choice in the hand of the woman and the condom you know you have to in the moment make sure that the guy agrees to do it to put it on which we know that many won't (laughs)
1: So I I have no problem with uh, the availability. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't outlaw contraception or anything like that. Mm. I do have an issue with requiring a company to provide certain forms of contraception if it's against their personal beliefs. And when I say certain forms, I don't know why anyone would have a problem with. And I, I'm not. I, I was raised Catholic, although I left the Catholic Church early enough that I didn't get into whether condoms were bad or not because I wasn't old enough, but um, condoms, I don't see why anyone would have a problem with that, although that's not typically something that's provided for by medical benefits. Um, Now, me and my wife, uh, she has opted uh, not to use the pill because in her understanding of how it worked, it didn't seem to fit with what we believe. Um, I, I don't know enough about it to really make an educated conversation about that. I will say the, um, morning after pill, I don't like, uh, again, though, I don't know that I would outlaw those things, um, Mm. but, or I wouldn't outlaw those things. Uh, but you said, would I be in favor of them? I'm, I'm in favor of contraception. If, if someone doesn't want to have kids, I feel like there's ways to not have kids.
0: Mm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm I'm you know, I just wanted to have a, a clearer image of what someone like you, just basically you, um would think about these things because they I think there's a lot of uh uh, uh you know <laughs> ideas that people have about these debates and that Roe v. Wade or pro choice pro life can go uh uh to different lengths. And uh, so anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, grateful that you would answer that question. Sure.
1: Can I, can I add uh, oh, sure. one more thing, Patrick? Um, so I want, I think there, the Republican monster misconception is, and, and this is not how I am, is that we're going to push what we want on everyone else. And there are certain things that I would absolutely, if I could push on everyone else. And like we've talked about, um, pro-life is one of those things. However, Contraception. I told you about our situation in our house, our family. I'm not pushing that on other people. It, you know, that's that's our choice. Other people have their own choice, and, and they can they can make that um, because in the form of contraception. And this is why we have our feelings on the pill. It's it's preventing, not terminating. Of
0: course. Uh, yeah.
1: So. So I'm I'm completely okay with preventing. I think any there are certain verses in the Bible that people use that we probably don't want to get into about <laughs> um, preventing that I think are completely taken out of context. But um, so I, I try not to push. You know I, I will tell you what I think all day long, but I try not to get up on the mountaintop and scream at people.
0: <laughs> mm. And I think ultimately, you know, that is what democracy is i mean yes some people should get up on mountaintops and convince others because we need that in politics but um what i'm referring to is the fact that you believe something and you'll vote for it and that's how democracy works and the 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 as long as it fits the constitution and we have systems to uh, uh make sure that the decisions of lawmaker of lawmakers that were elected do fit the constitution uh then the 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 majority opinion is implemented, and uh that is a pretty good system. The key is that everyone should try and actually cast their vote um and and yeah anyway, that's a whole different conversation but yeah i'm i'm you know I think this is incredibly healthy of a conversation to have because you're probably one of the most to the most right uh, people that I know and having uh, uh, rational conversations like these are a balm for (laughs) the soul you know it's it's what the show is built on I was talking about last time uh, on the last general show about the fact that I wasn't sure what good we were doing and a few people were You know, very kindly answered. Remember what your original mission statement is? Your mission statement isn't to solve all the problems in the world as i jokingly put it uh in the last episode it's to just give an outlet for people to listen to other people's opinion without all the craziness that is pervasive in the world not just in the u.s but in the world really right now um and i think on that point we mostly manage so uh and and i do think it's important so thank you very much for the support um that you expressed uh following the last episode everyone and and thank you tony for um agreeing to come and share your your opinions and your ideas uh on the show um hey that's
1: can i let, let me give you some props real quick patrick um, oh, i was driving do, down the road do.
0: you have all the time in the world Take <laughs> yeah, as as
1: I, bet. I, w- well, I was driving down the road yesterday thinking about okay you know what am i going to talk about what what uh what are my thoughts? And, you know, just kind of going over things in my head. And one of the things that you have being on the show and talking to you and talking to the people on the show has put in my mind was about health care. Um, I, and I don't necessarily know the answer on how to accomplish it, but I've come more. I don't want to say I've gone more left because ugh, that that's <laughs> a scary thought, but, uh, I, I tend to be more like, yeah, we we need to provide an outlet for people to prov- to get the care that they need. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, because the system is currently not set up for that. So, it would t- take a, a revamp of the system and overhaul. Maybe an overhaul is but there would need to be changes. And I'm that's above my pay grade. But um, just talking to you has influenced my.
0: Oh, you're breaking up a little I, bit. Uh, my thought
1: process. Are you with me? Can you, yeah, you, got me?
0: you said talking to you has influenced my f- thought process.
1: Sure. Uh, definitely still right-leaning, of course. I'm I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. I'm a Christian, a white dude. That Those things certainly are going to change, especially one of them, but or two <laughs> of them. But, you know, well, it you has never know. influenced I me. I mean, to, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. keep going, keep um, going. The, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm more accepting of the views, and and I take views that have merit, and I and I take those to heart, and I think about them. So that is definitely something. And I think that honestly, I've had that personality type anyway. You know, I don't just cast out somebody's thoughts because they don't agree with me. But this show has helped me hone that, and and it's been a really good experience for me as well.
0: That warms my my heart. <laughs> um, and and I think it's important also to understand that no one convinces anyone in a tweet. And I use the word tweet as, you know, because it's topical, but you're not going to convince someone in a conversation. Things change very slowly. And the reason the political system is slow is because you don't want to make drastic changes. And it's the same in conversations and ideas. Any idea you've had that you weren't "quote unquote" born with, meaning inherited from your parents and social context and all of this, probably took a while. First, you're you you are confronted with the idea, and they seem a bit strange or a bit incongruous, and you think about it more. And over you know weeks, months, years, you understand why maybe it would make sense. And it's happened to me many times, and I'm glad you know it. It seems like you're uh, uh, it's happening to you as well, and I'm sure it, it happens to. Many people, but the key is you have to be able to have a, 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 a dispassionate conversation about things in order for that process to happen and for the better solution to emerge if you're just yelling at each other. So, yeah, anyway, the point is here we're trying not to yell. And thank you very much for that, uh, uh, for those few words, Sony. It, it really means a lot to me. <laughs> and I'm going to move on because I don't want to get into. You know, emotional territory, um, and let's talk about what's been happening in in France as well. We're not going to do a, a full episode on the US, although we could have stopped here and it would have been. Um, but there was one thing really interesting happening in France in the past few weeks. Um, there were many things actually. I could have I could talk about many different things. Uh, the the government was reworked. We have. Uh, a, the, the the government is in an interesting position, I'm going to say right now. But even more than this, um, there's... How do I even approach this thing? Last election in 2017, um, we had a very split uh, voter base as... We've mentioned many times the multi-party system uh, doesn't just have benefits. It can also become kind of messy. And in the last election, we had maybe five different parties that were roughly uh, in a similar position um, voting-wise. So we had maybe four parties that were around 20% of the vote uh, in the first turn. One of those parties was uh, France Insoumise, which means uh, on, ah, how do you even s- uh, uh, translate insoumise? Um, unsubmitted, like they don't submit to the order of the world. And they are um, left-wing party. I've been describing them as far-right, which in French translate to extreme gauche. Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. Did I say right? I meant far-left. Um and far translates into extreme in French, which some people take issue with, but I think in in, in um English the words fit. Uh and they are uh anti capitalist and they are semi anti Europe and uh they have a, a leader who is who has been somewhat controversial, he's a very clever person. Um He's got some interesting ideas, and even the party does defend some ideas I I mostly disagree with, but some of them are worth uh, taking a look at, um, always on the left side of the spectrum. And the the key uh, fact of that party and that strength was its leader. It's uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who is very vocal, uh, very charismatic, and who has been, who had been until now on the verge of, um, how do I even describe this? On the verge of (laughs) a a leader you can criticize for its over-dimensioned ego. Um, And I'm not drawing any comparisons here, but he is he he was showing signs of being a little bit full of himself and 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 uh, thinking uh, that it was unjust that he didn't win the election. He waited a few uh, many hours, maybe even a day, until admitting that he was in the place he was for the second turn, meaning he wasn't selected for the second turn. He was maybe one percent under the or two percent under the 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 person who arrived in second place, who was the far right uh, candidate Marine Le Pen. Um, and he was showing signs of being—I uh, don't want to say unstable. That's not the, the case. But being like this uh, bombastic uh, uh, leader that could uh, veer into uh, uh, unsettling territory very easily. And what happened last week was that there was an inquiry by the police and the the judges into campaign financing. For his party, along with other parties as well, uh, I think other parties didn't reach into the the territory that it did for his party, which was um, a police raid into the uh, house, the the, the apartment of the party leader, and the uh, offices of the party. So it might have happened for other uh, parties, but for his it definitely did. And when it happened last week, he kind of lost it um he started with a live facebook uh, uh stream as the raid was happening in his apartment to kind of you know which is fair enough in this day and age you 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 want to especially if you're in the opposition you want to show how you're being treated and he was showing all of it and and calling uh a kind of a rally uh for his forces saying oh look at this like this is uh, uh this shouldn't happen the the standard rhetoric you would expect from something like this and then he went to the offices of his party and they were being raided as well and at that point he really lost it um he started saying things like uh you know my person is sacred And maybe that was in in his house already. Like, my person is sacred. I am the Republic. And like, don't touch me. And he started shoving police officers to the side, trying to enter the offices. And they ended up, him and his uh, um, uh, uh, party members, uh, his second in command and others, pushing into the offices that were being raided, of obviously against the uh, <laughs> you know the 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 indications, the the instructions of the police, getting into it and and kind of disrupting the police raid that was happening uh, to gather evidence about what had been happening in the party, uh, in the financing for the campaign, and he he there was a brawl that ensued. He like shoved aside a uh, a, a judge that. He later said, "Oh, I didn't know he was a judge. I thought he was a cop." As if it would matter that you know he 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 would shove around a, a cop and not a judge. Um, and and again, these two phrases have become uh, kind of a, a, a cause of deriding and concern. He was yelling like, "I am the Republic. Don't touch me. My person is sacred." And. Obviously, everyone understands that oh maybe I didn't mention he is a uh, representative he is he is in the house, so that's why he was saying these things um sorry that's a, a key a, a important element of his story, but he's a, a representative he's a député um in the House, and so everyone understands that an elected official represents the Republic, and that he should not be uh, he has some privileges as it re- relates to uh the law because you have a separation of power uh, of the the police because you have separation of power, obviously, but that's not what he me- how people understood it, and i don 't think that's what he meant. I think it was an outburst of his uh, you could say megalomaniac personality that he was he couldn't accept the fact that he was being investigated and of course he said you know the 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 cops are at he was already claiming that the press is at the call of the capital great capital uh forces of the world that are ruling the world which arguably you know, if you have an anti-capitalistic view of the world, yes, there are forces that are uh, maybe too strong in the world. But claiming that France has no independent press is a very different story and one that doesn't hold up at all. Like we have a strong free press that has investigated essentially every party and put out uh, scandals about every party there is. So that claim doesn't hold up. But now he was saying, you know, the police is at the at, at the beck and call of the great capital, and the judges are at the back and call of the great capital, and this is a political uh, uh, maneuvering by uh, the current government. And like all of these populist, compi- uh, uh, um, com- uh, conspirationist uh, ideas that in many countries are happening right now, like these kinds of. These kinds of uh, crazy outbursts are happening in many countries. And the thing that really uh, uh, heartens me is that it didn't take in France. Um, Most of the reactions I've seen have been negative. Now, of course, his base is going to be energized by this. Uh, his base is going to believe him and probably support him. But there's a whole second circle of people who were um, who didn't have a candidate they could believe in at the, the election in 2017 who voted for him because they thought he might be a little bit extreme, but he was still the best representation of their uh, uh, ideas in that election. But those people, everything I've seen was, all right, He's not, we won't touch him with a stick. And he's been dropping in the polls and all of this. So it was a a, a, a kind of a crazy moment. And he kind of, for many people, I didn't like him from the start, but I didn't think he was that bad. But it was kind of like uh, uh, revealing his personality to the world. Um, And the the takeaway from this, if we look a little bit farther in the future... Uh, our next election is in 2020, so we still uh, 2022. Sorry, so we still have a lot of time, but the concern is if he is not the beacon of hope for the left, uh, and on the right we have the equivalent of the Republican Party, the the what used to be uh, the standard right wing party, meaning conservative but not in a uh, you know extreme way, is going farther and farther to the right in a in a concerning way to the point that i think many people on the right will not want to vote for their their representative uh at the next election and on on the right of that we have the far right party the um uh, front national which actually had to split and change and all of this so le pen um which is far right and we have this far left and we have in the center uh center right maybe macron which is the current government um that many people don't like it becomes kind of a who can you vote for situation, which is a recipe for disaster um for the next election. but I do think that he uh jean jean luc mélenchon the the one uh, who held that af- outburst, kind of destroyed his chances for ever being president because unless something incredible happened and in that ne- happens in the next four years, these outbursts are going to be played over and over again on TV whenever he decides to go for it for the presidentship again. And that was kind of an insane... I, I'm sure it seems remote, very remote from you, <laughs> Tony, um, and you don't really uh, hear about it. For, but for us, it was like this moment of everyone looking at this and thinking, okay, he's insane, uh, what do we do now? But I do, as I said, I do take heart in the fact that most people looked at this and didn't think, didn't buy into the uh, uh, outburst and the rhetoric. So that was kind of a, uh, um, a moment where, when I thought, okay, France is, maybe still has its head on its shoulders um so yeah i don't know why but we don't fall for it or at least it seems maybe things will explode in the next election in 2022 but and that was the story for from france and i think that is going to be to be it for this episode um i want to thank you again tony for being on the show, uh, I think these episodes where we explore the, the, the other sides are, as I said, very useful. So thanks so much for agreeing to be back uh, over and over again, in spite of my incessant questioning and o- annoying you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if, do, you, do you still use your Twitter? Do you have somewhere you can direct people if they want to get a hold of you?
1: Sure, I, I do still use Twitter. I'm more of a, a watcher. Than a, than a publisher but you can find me at Tony Staley and I'm sure Patrick will put that in the show notes so uh, happy to talk to anyone that agrees or disagrees with me as long as they don't yell at me and make me cry
0: <laughs> don't make Tony cry people that's not, that's not nice uh, well hopefully the people who listen to this show and who uh, listen long enough that they have reached the end of this episode will be the kind of people you want to have discussions with <laughs> Uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I post many things, including photos of the wonderful surroundings of uh, where I'm living now, uh, in in the heart of the Finnish countryside. It is truly. Uh, dreamlike. It's, a, it's a paradise here. I would never have thought that paradise was actually in you know, the south of Finland. Uh, Tony, actually, if you're looking for it, it's not up in the sky. Uh, it's right here. So you can show up anytime. It's very, very convenient. Um, and uh, the show is available at frenchspin.com. You can uh, go on the site and comment and let us know what you think about what we said. You can, of course, also find Pixels, which is a show about video games. And you know that this period is the big period for gaming. So if you want to hear about Red Dead Redemption 2, we'll have an episode about that uh, very soon up on the site. But also other games, uh, of course, and in the podcast, I say on the site, in the podcast. So that's Pixels. You can subscribe to it right now. And finally of course this uh, show is supported by patrons by patreon if you want to support it you can go to patreon.com slash the Phileas club and uh, just you know give a couple of bucks an episode it is uh, invaluable well it does have a quantifiable value but uh, it is invaluable in the way that uh, it does help me uh, do the show it supports it, it helps me produce it and uh, buy food for my family, which is of course appreciated. But you know, if you think the show has some value, has some value to you if it um, uh, brings you something you don't get somewhere else, which I think it might for some people, uh, please do consider subscribing at patreon.com slash Club. We will be back for another episode very soon Until then, listen to people and talk when they're not yelling, of course. Thank you very much. Talk to you then.